0: What you talking about?
1: Why is the strap on?
0: Out? Well, I just figured you would like it to see it. <laughs> you don't want it on? No. Why not? <laughs> we have to keep the spark going. We have to continue to work on us. We can't be contented. We have to still get sexy and nasty with each other, babe. It's healthy. You still have to do those things. Welcome to this episode of Head Rat to Hood Rap sponsored by you know I don't know them yet. <laughs> With... Yeah, yeah. Say, uh. What's up Yerp Yerp Shout out to my nigga Diego You feel me he up about here You know what I'm talking about Diego is my Ambar. hermanito
1: Ambar is my Hermacita
0: Yes yes Shout out to all my partners And hey, you know East Venezuela Santa You already know I do Ponce all day Mercadito You know what I mean
1: Ebony kept saying on our trip to Puerto Rico You know what I mean And my siblings would say No I actually don't But I, don't I did They mean. did
0: have a takeaway It's called each one teach one reach Each one, one.
1: yeah my dad loved it too he's like i guess that's right
0: yeah <laughs> i got that game from but you, if you're from east oakland if you're from the bay period you'll understand that if you really you know
1: if you're really from the bay you if understand. you commingle with players you know oh, what i mean if they give you co- the game, if you get
0: your shoes laced uh-huh properly if your shoes were laced right then that should be mutually intelligible does someone you. le-
1: lace your shoes or, or are you
0: my granny laced my shoes from a long time oh uh, okay guys so she, fe- lace she actually your taught shoes. me how to Tie my shoe uh, at Eight years old I eight years. Eight mm-hmm. I did not know How to tie
1: my Ebony shoe. that's entirely Too late to not know How to tie that your shoes That is
0: so judgmental Eight years old Everybody learns In their own time they, I'm not a tactile You're hella learner. smart Were you reading Before you tied your shoes I was reading and writing Fascinating <laughs> I don't like to do stuff that No was <laughs> Who
1: was tying your shoes My would help and my mom Look at that
0: Or if they were untied At school I'd just leave them that way You
1: left them that way yeah. And that worked for you
0: Well, hey, that's a shell of my former self. A shell. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another (laughs) episode of Head Rat to Hood Rat.
1: Head Rat
0: to Hood. I said head. Excuse me.
1: Yep.
0: Hi, hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hood Rat to Head Rat. That's the name of the
1: podcast. I said it wrong
0: as well. Yes. Hood Rat to Head Rat. This is our special new year's end of the year
1: we end in the year babe look at us this
0: is the end of the year episode before we really come back with a couple bangers but first we just want to you know culminate the year this is one of the bestest blackest years bestest blackest and i loved it and this was a really exciting year for erica
1: it was a great year i did some writing down of the things that we you know mom and pop shop that we accomplished and i'm i'm quite i'm quite smitten and pleased yes yes i think my exhaustion right now is valid
0: it is very valid so that's why we're coming at you this is being recorded actually 10 30 est time and i know some of y'all you know in korea and in australia, australia oh, shout out sweden and south africa and mm-hmm. all those places London, with, yes with disparate time zones Yes. You might not even care when this was recorded, but the important thing is to note is that we've been on two planes in three days and we'll be on another plane very early in the morning. So we wanted
1: to give you a little something that you can listen to while we're in the clouds.
0: You know what I mean? Or while you're in the clouds, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we'll just get into it. This is kind of like a little relay yes. episode. There's been so much going on. Um, I did. Me and Eric had a really interesting intercommunal conversation Mm -hmm. around um, Cornell West and Ta-Nehisi Coates. Um, We'll talk about that very briefly because honestly, it's a case of Black cis men just taking up hella space. Taking up hella space, intellectualizing and, and talking. And not really doing anything while black cis and trans femmes are on the front lines. And dying. And dying mm-hmm. of the issue, you know, in accordance with the white supremacy that they so um, deeply detest and debate publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, and make a lot of money from in academia. No shade. Because um, Brother Cornel West, you know, he makes a lot of valid points. He's an elder at this point. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, babe, did you have any thoughts on that you want to share immediately? Well, let's give the
1: people a little background on the the feud. Okay. So, Tennessee Coates has a book um, that's out, that's been out, uh-huh. correct? uh uh-huh. oh, Okay. Well, I think he's touring with it right now. Yes. And in the book, he... Now we have not read the passage. No. Right? Mm-mm. But Cornell West likens what T- Tennessee Coates said is that Barack Obama is like the Malcolm X of our time. Right? Yes. Am I paraphrasing that correctly? That's okay. very correct. Okay. So the root did an interview with Cornell West because Cornell West came for Tennessee Coates on Twitter and basically said a bunch of intelligent stuff in however many characters Twitter allows, and was basically like, this is ridiculous, why would you ever compare Barack Obama, someone that upheld you know, white supremacy in a lot of ways, an agreeable negro, as we say intercommunally, um, to someone who was a black radical activist who died, put their lives on the line. Um, and the points that Cornel West makes in this the in the root interview is actually valid. Some of which are and valid. very correct. Yes, yes. Um, I think what's interesting is that a lot of this bantered hap- banter happened back and forth on Twitter, and what it ended in Tena Coates leaving. Um, literally deleted his account. Was like, this is not what I'm doing this for. Like, this is not why I'm here. This is not what it's about. Which I'm like, what? Then what exactly what is it is about? It about right? If you're not willing yeah. to have intercommunal conversations about, you know, in I guess in conversation with other scholars, which Cornell West is, you yeah. know, he's definitely like you said, like an elder of our time. Um, which which I you know I was really here for. I was really here for the conversation. I think more race and racism conversations need to be intracommunal because race and racism impacts intracommunally communities, intracommunally, yes, especially yes. the black community. Um, and I felt like this was the first time that I got to see it publicly. Yes. Like I didn't have to go to some, you know, conference where it was a little small room where now we're going to talk about,
0: you know, racism, we're drag intracommunally, each other and weaponize right. social justice language, to right. fucking demean each other in a very smart way that will get us likes.
1: Right, but that, that wasn't happening. I thought it was mm. super well done, but then if you look closer, you really see that Cornell West really could have just Call taken Tenehese Coates out to dinner and like really figured that out. Now, he claims in the interview that he did try, which I you disagree. know I, Cornel West did not try yeah. to take Tenehese Coates out, but I also think Tenehese Coates, why couldn't you just have said, hey, let's go to dinner on Twitter. Let's talk about this offline.
0: I don't think that's on him because the beef started with Cornel West. Cornel West was the one who had the initial qualm with what um, Tata Hesse said. Now this book is called, we were eight years in power, mm-hmm. which is implying that Barack Obama in a sense represented some beacon of power mm-hmm. institutionally for black people. Mm-hmm. Now Cornel West is saying, how could that be when, you know, with um, Barack Obama being the president of the United States, which is an imperialist power mm-hmm. um, that is deeply rooted in white supremacy. And Barack Obama was kind of a steward for that. Um, Barack Obama had the highest number of deportations of his president, of any modern U.S. president, I believe. Yeah. Um, And of course, the advent of the drone strikes, um, started with the Obama administration, so Corner West was essentially uh, c- accusing Tanya Hesseco's of being a neoliberal panderer mm-hmm. for white folks. Yeah, um, which is a very strong charge, and it's kind of like catch me outside. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's catch like on- <laughs> I don't know they if Tanya Hesse know- needed right. to be. I mean, that was it was disrespectful. Right, it was disrespectful. If you really, but I mean,
1: it's on. But it's a it's it was a very public intercommunal conversation. And I think yeah. ta Coates has gone on public national television mm-hmm. to have these very charged racial conversations with white people. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't you have this conversation with Cornell right, West? Cornel West? Right,
0: but Cornell West does a very exact same thing. Right. He That's just true. got on the root. That's true. I'm glad he used the root of black platform That's to true. do so. But at the same time, it's like probably no other white publication wanted it. Probably no other white publication wanted, but it also wasn't necessary because there's so much other things that are afflicting the black community. This is kind of like a very personalized beef made public. You feel a way about Tyne Hesse Maybe you feel a way about his stature and yours. You know, y'all are black public scholars. Neither one of you are activists. I mean, some will say, some people probably come for me by saying Cornel West is not an activist, but I just don't believe that.
1: Well, some people will say that, you know, scholars are still activists. You don't need to be on the front lines, you know literally and figuratively i guess more so literally to be considered an activist you can still be an activist in your scholarship
0: you can still be an activist in your scholarship however your conversation that you've brought to the national consciousness and i'm going to credit you with that very strongly is a conversation about complicities yes so you're all at yale and princeton and you're you know cornell west you're tenured and you know, you have your setup there and you're very well connected there and that very racist institution. Mm -hmm. How is that any different than Barack Obama being the steward for an imperialist power? Yeah, he the president. He wields a lot more institutional power than you did. But at the same time, Princeton and these other Ivy League schools are also stewards of white supremacy in much in the same way. So they all work in collusion with each other. So you coming for the young brother publicly it seems like there's something in it for you that's how i thought i
1: do think again community i think it's a good conversation to be had publicly what because do we I, mean
0: by community for folks who are oh, unfamiliar
1: if you're not familiar intracommunal just means it is a conversation that only that particular community should be having in or is opinion, engaging yes. in in my opinion so if i'm talking about you know who gets to say queer? Only queer people should be having that conversation and and talking about that and denoting who gets to say it or who doesn't. It's an intercommunal decision. It's an intercommunal conversation. Um, if you talk about uh, the term sex work and what's happening in the sex work community, people in the sex work community need to be in that conversation and no one else. Yes. Um, so that's what we mean by intercommunal. And in this particular instance, we're talking about black people. My thing is that I think it was actually, to some extent, a positive thing. If the I think this interview went viral, I think. But even if it didn't, it reached some people.
0: Is that I think that black folks really, really um, resonated with
1: it. Yeah, I think that black folks think, in a lot of ways, that they're supposed to just love Barack Obama blindly, Mm -hmm. and I think it's important to have a critique. Of people who sit in positions of power who are black, especially positions of power that that are very that have a close proximity to white supremacy, not whiteness, but white supremacy. Yes. Um, So I, you know, I I spent a lot of time just, you know, sending my praise to Barack Obama, celebrating his presidency and did very little analysis of his presidency or of him period Mm -hmm. and when i started dating you is when you brought that you were just like what like what do you mean like he wasn't that great and i remember you saying that, and that bothered me
0: i mean it bothers me i can say i don't like white people but to say i don't like Barack obama feels a lot more scary Right, say that publicly. But you
1: said it like no holes bar, Like you were real clear, but you also read hella much and people don't read. So there's one thing Barack Obama does, Barack Obama creates, not one thing, but there is a thing that Barack Obama does, Affordable Care Act, and that will distract you from all of the deportations that, deportation? Deport, mm-hmm. Yes. That happened in the US during that time. It's like Affordable Care Act was so great and his relationship with Michelle and look at him with his kids right. and look at him with the dog. He's so sweet. But then all, the, all these other Horrible things are still happening because he's still the president of a very corrupt system
0: right and how much i think with barack obama it was so he really exemplified like the presidency is not in a vacuum or a silo there's so many other hands and there's so many other people making a lot of decisions on behalf of this country and on behalf of the administration that bears his name so i think looking at it from a political science standpoint it's like it's not that I dislike Barack. Obama. I think that it's tight, like as an idea and a concept as a black president. Like I buy, I buy into that. You know, the idea is great, but I think when you really start to look at the nooks and the crannies of just where we are as a nation, he just didn't make a dent in shifting what this country looks like um, and how its treatment of black people and marginalized communities. It just didn't shift. And I think a lot of people want to say, well, oh, look at this and look at that. Look at these small incremental changes mm-hmm. when he wrote, you know, his campaign slogan was what si we se are, puede. yes, we se, can. That's Cesar Chavez back.
1: No, he si had, that's what he had oh, too. Oh yes, we can yes, we and can. change and mm-hmm. hope and
0: all that. Not having much, not enough change for me. You can keep the change. Because I want dollars. You can keep the chain by Ebony. So, but I do think yeah. that
1: I do think that we have a lack of criticism around black leadership, especially black cis men. Well, leadership. what's that about? And that's about patriarchy, which is at the root of this, you know, discourse. You know, Cornell West and Hesse Coates Both of them are both responsible for how far this conversation went without acknowledging the people who are on the front lines, black and brown, trans women of color Period. like that. None of them are talking about that. They're just centering themselves is more of the same. Yeah. So there's no you know, there's there's very little critique of them. And that's just another example of how we have to bring intersectionality to these this to these conversations and span speak- to the leaders that we that we adore absolutely mm-hmm.
0: um and i adore neither of them just to keep to put it on the record so this is completely Babe, unbiased who do, you
1: ad- who do you admire
0: um in what way in in terms of activism activism who do i admire i admire l hern's okay word. i admire ashley shekel for I admire you, I admire Aaron Lang, I admire um, to a lesser extent, I mean, I read the autobiography of Malcolm X at a very young age, in eighth grade, and I can always cite that book, and I can always go back to that book as really molding my beliefs that I have now. Like, I became radical, or progressive, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, I became not i i d um i i stopped subscribing to white supremacy i realized that the, that something was wrong with it there was a folly in it um and that book really opened me opened my eyes to that so i always have to credit that book with changing my life mm. um in my very 13 year old 8th grade formative year mm. um but honestly i don't i don't know i admire niggas on the street who don't really have no shine who don't have no twitter accounts that don't you know they don't have big name sponsorships from white-owned companies um, to say things that benefit them at the end of the day like I admire my mother my mother has some activism that's unacknowledged Mm. Um, I admire people who don't have those platforms Mm -hmm. um, and who just don't have the ability to proselytize whenever they feel like and have people listen to them Mm -hmm. bam bam so we could go right into intersectional conversation the me too campaign and how sometimes that hasn't been very intersectional in a myriad number of ways but i definitely want to lift up um tarana burke and i want to lift up anita hill and the work that they've done toward opening up a broader conversation around really gross nasty cis menness what you think
1: I agree and I think the how we treated the me too campaign it was I don't know was it Rose McGowan one of those Rose McGowan white famous I people. Think, uh, yes they came out and they said me too and then they f- saw someone called them out on twitter or social media mm-hmm. like you are you know you you stolen this from a black woman and then they tried the media cuz it was very public at that time mm-hmm. tried to clean it up so they tried yeah. to say, like, oh, this is Tarana Burke's movement, and, you know, here's Tarana Burke, and, oh, here's another article about Tarana Burke, and mm-hmm. she created the movement. But the damage had already been done yes. when Rose McGowan stole it. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's kind of like we say, you know, Indigenous People's Day, but the damage is already done that you know in the back of your head that that day is called Thanksgiving, and it's been piloted as Thanksgiving for so long, I don't know how many years, yeah. on the backs of Indigenous Americans. Yeah. So, that's how it feels for me. It feels very icky. And on top of that, it's like, Oh, she, you know, she's the one she's created this campaign. And then fucking time magazine creates a whole (laughs) Spread. spread of people who didn't coin this whole movement. You know, yes, they were impacted by it, which I completely understand. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason why those particular people were selected on that magazine cover. yes And if you don't pay attention, you will pretend like it doesn't matter. Yes. And I don't think that people pay attention. I know I talked about this a lot on my Instagram stories, and people felt away. And it's like it's I, okay. I don't. Yes, fine if you feel away, but I want you to investigate why you feel away. Yes. You know why you're talking about erasing people, but. What we wanted to address, we've had this, we've kind of beat that conversation over with the. Yes. As a dead horse. I also think
0: people are getting. It's also the. This is a different conversation, but how fleeting things of that level of gravity are when they become very co opted by the mainstream.
1: Yes. Because why aren't we talking about me too?
0: Why aren't we not talking? Why? Yeah. Why are those
1: statuses still not fluttering around? The status stopped is, because. <laughs> The media stopped talking about it and now we're going to talk about what we're, you know, getting for Christmas and consumerism. Is so, that why? Is that what we doing? Because did any, was there any sort of like campaigns to donate to Tarana Burke's mission or the work that she's doing?
0: I don't think so. Right. <laughs> and even the, taking it a step further, sexual reproductive justice organizations, all types of different community organizations, black activist scholars, black films. Was there any other, the people who've been doing this work for 10, 20, 30 plus years? Yep. Was there any movement toward lifting them up and giving them the financial resources? Yeah. So what's happened instead is this. Yep. With the talk about the ball drop thing
1: so uh, tarana burke has been asked to drop the ball essentially in new york city um on new year's Mm -hmm. which i didn't even know a person did i didn't know that that (laughs) either.
0: but but she's been been
1: she's been asked to do that and i was excited but it's also like so when i think what's important for people people always ask like what can i do what can i do um in terms of racial justice start Questioning your reactions to things. Mm -hmm. So, if you're happy about something that's happened in terms of racial or social justice, question it. If you're upset, question it. If you're complicit or if you're like, whatever, I don't care, question that. You know, you want to see where that comes from because that's probably what you need to work on. And when I saw that Tarana Burke was asked to, you know, drop the ball, I was happy. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's so cool that she's able to do that. And then I had to wait, stop. Why am I happy? It seems like a placate. You yeah, know, if you come that. back around to it, it's like, wait, why is she being asked to do this? Like, what in God's name does that have to do with um, sexual, like, any sort of, like, sexual assault or sexual molestation? Like, is, is new, the city of New York, which who I think owns the ball, I'm assuming, are they donating money to proceeds? Are they creating an organization? Are they giving 40 I think her or I can't remember the name of her organization I'm not gonna say but are they giving Burke money or like what's happening? I hope she's making a ton of money yes for doing that I'm assuming she is and I also want to see because this happens all the time like when conferences announce oh we're gonna have such and such person you know there but really that just means that they're on the stage with three other four other people I really hope it's just her Yes. Dropping the ball. Not her and then Taylor Swift and whoever else wants to jump on the train because they had an assault happen to them, which is not, I'm not saying that that's like, that they couldn't, but it just seems like whenever it's just going to be about the person that created the space for other people to talk about this, it's like it can't just be her. Right. And we all know what that is. Yes. <laughs> so that's my. That's my but also like, a deeper analysis about it. I
0: guess the thing is too is like you can't give money to this, right? Like this is not like what it what it really for me. What I got from the Me Too movement is that white men are able, white cis men are able to act with such reckless abandon mm-hmm. and face no consequences, zero, and no reprimand, zero. They don't even go to jail. Mm-hmm. Like what's the movement? The 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 the, the real. Sort of come your pants for the Me Too movement that's commensurate with the damage that's been done to people's lives, is motherfuckers maybe going to jail and like being held actually to account. Right. But what, instead they go get money, they still have money. Right. What's happening with Harvey Weinstein?
1: It's silence around that. What is the next what are the next steps? What's, What's the happening next steps? with Donald Trump? What are the next steps? What are we doing? We're going to keep talking about how we're appalled. It's, it feel like I'm. Then we're going to have to run drop the ball. Right. I feel like I'm back at a nonprofit where it's like the executive well, director is trash and we know they're trash. But everybody just talks about how they're trash and nobody does anything. Because
0: everybody want a paycheck. People oh. want to be a reelected. Oh. Oh. They want to please all their constituents You're about video. all they just mean white. Now, oh. I mean, it's just, it's really mind blowing to me. So it's, it's, yeah, I get it. Like who's getting money, who's getting this and that, but it is a placate. It is like, let's make you, you know, financially, you know, successful or stable or like whatever the, the goal is like, let's make sure we're on the side of, right. Let's lift up any particular black woman that we decide we want to lift up for the moment. Like, Let's forget that Joe Biden like left Anita Hill high and dry, but let's celebrate him as president Barack mm. Obama's vice president. But let's forget that until 2017 when it's too little too 10 years later, where he's apologizing. Sorry. Apology. In this woman's given. life and reputation had been ruined up until this point. Yeah. But now y'all want to give her some type of institutional, you know, handout mm-hmm. Anita Hill. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Make her the director of X, Blah, X. Right. Which literally means nothing. We moving on from that. I'm in, I'm irritated. I see. I'm irritated as fuck. It's so much this year. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot. Babe.
1: You okay. get way too. You I know. i just pause. I yes. You. you get way too like pushy about me saying people's names for some reason. What's the point?
0: Cause you, what's the point of all this? What's, what's the point of talking about holding people to account? Babe.
1: There has to be some sort of level of decorum. I can't just say people's names and be like, oh, I'm still going to have a career. I'm still going to be able to work because somebody treated
0: me like shit and I called them out. I get that, babe. But I also want you to get where that comes from and the fact that you're pushing up against that and also retreating from it at the same time okay but i i I support you you Um, want me to
1: say their name i will i just don't get why would you like to share why you think that's so important it's literally every single publication does that kind of bullshit do the story what's the so we'll
0: get some we'll hop (laughs) right into it
1: so there was, there's a publication that Ed wants me to say the name of, but I don't necessarily feel comfortable saying the name because as a black queer femme who runs her own business with, you know, her black trans partner, it's not necessarily safe for me to be calling white publications out for the damage that they do and how gross they are because I would literally be doing that every single day and likely no one will work with me because if I'm not if I'm, if I, it's there, what did I, someone said this somewhere, It's like I have to be literally playing the fiddle of white women are wonderful and racism is, you know, a thing of the past, which I don't play. I still get by not doing that. But there has to be a dance when I do it. Mm. And it's very evident that I have to do that. Um, And there's things that I put my... I don't know. There's things that I put my life on the line for where I'm unwavering, where if, if there's, this was a breast cancer organization or a hospital, I will be calling them out immediately. But for some reason, the publications, I'm like, you're all trashy. And I think that's a, literally an understanding that they're all trashy. I don't think anybody believes that any, org, that any magazine publication, media publication is kind. Not even Teen Vogue. I don't think that people think like, oh, they're so sweet.
0: I don't think that they do. I don't think that they have
1: that perception that they're great. So I feel like me saying their name is just water is wet. I think what's important is the lesson of like your opportunity to walk away from these things that you don't need to work with every person just because it's going to put your name in the public eye. Exposure. Exposure. So this person, this particular publication what they did was they reached out. Well, actually the photographer is someone that I know and they reached out to me and said that this magazine wanted to work with me. They sent me an email. We set up a phone call. We talked, um, myself and Ebony and this, I guess, production producer of Mm -hmm, this magazine, mm -hmm. um, was like, you know, we're really excited to work with you. We've been wanting to work with you for a while. We're thinking of doing a video, Mm -hmm. which is not a magazine, right? Mm -hmm. Video, very different. We said, okay, this is surprising to us. Sounds good so far. Send us, you know, what you have in mind and send us some of the, you know, work that you've done in the past because we'd never seen their video work. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Eb and I were on tour. We were, I can't remember where we were going from, I think, I was speaking at a, a million different places and I just didn't, I wasn't near my email. And I didn't respond to this person for two days. Mm.
0: Maybe it was like two days. It was 48 hours. Mm -hmm. And they
1: wrote me an email, condescending email, that said, you know, if you are not going to, it seems like you're not interested in the um, video aspect So we are going to move on from that, but we're going to schedule, you know, everything else. And they're assuming that I'm not interested in the video aspect because I didn't respond in 48 hours. Mm -hmm. And for me, if you know me at all, you know that if you send me a text message, if you send me an email, you send me a Facebook message, it doesn't matter if it's one in the afternoon or four in the morning, I'm probably going to respond. Because I think that it's important, not my emails, but if you send me a message to my phone, I'm going to respond to you. But my emails, I get back to just as quickly, you know, in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I don't, I let you know that I'm traveling. And we did let this person know that we were on tour
0: and yes, that we would get back the to them. the initial conversation.
1: And their initial email to us with all the details and stuff like that of the work they've done, the videos they've done, did not include a time, a deadline to get back to them. So you can imagine my surprise, super perplexed when someone was accusing me of not being interested in doing this video because I hadn't gotten back to them. So I got super upset <laughs> and I told Ebony I didn't want to work with them and ebony to my surprise was like you know let's figure something out like let's talk to them let's you know i'm indoctrinated too i'm with the let's, shits too man let's, <laughs> let's work this out let's see what we can do and i said no i do not want to work with them At, but ebony is my manager and he is the person that makes the final decisions of who we talk to and who we figure things out with so he worked with the photographer. You know, after sending this person an email, calling them multiple times, times. they did not respond. We went through the photographer. This person then talked through the photographer to us, (laughs) um, would not answer my phone calls. Right. They wouldn't answer nothing and they wouldn't even speak to us. So at this point, I'm like, I'm absolutely not working with them um this is not gonna happen and by this time the designer the makeup artist the photographer all have been set the the um i want to say costume but the, the clothes styling. the styling uh-huh. was already picked out people were already you know spending their time to create clothing for me to wear for this photo shoot and i said you know if they none of these people are connected to this particular magazine which happens people you know magazines will get stylists and makeup artists no, no one there's not really a makeup artist or a stylist that's necessarily a part of a publication or bound, per se, to, them. Or bound to them a mm-hmm. publication can use any stylist any photographer that they can afford right mm-hmm. so none of these people were bound to this particular publication so i said why don't we just still do the photo shoot and see what happens like i love the photographer's work i still wanted to fuck with her like she's hella dope um I said let's just still do it. And she said okay. And the stylist and the makeup artist was all fine with it. We met up, we shot, and that is the shoot that you see in Paper magazine. Um in yes. the the spread, it wasn't on it was an imprint, but it was a um
0: on paper.com.
1: Paper.com.
0: What is yep. that On Paper the web. papermag.com. Yes.
1: So that, for me, was a huge and lesson. And this is a
0: very abridged version of the story. She was absolutely awful. Oh, yeah, this person um, was awful. And super just, um, I would say, lots of anti-blackness in their yeah. messaging and their communications. Yeah. Um, and, and like I was talking to Erica about before, it's like, when you experience racism and microaggressions and shit, you know, she told me, or something that you say all the time is like if you have to wonder it likely is yeah and that's sort of like the way the mechanism of racism works is like it leaves you hella confused about what just happened to you mm-hmm. um probably like any other trauma would yeah um or any other abuse would yep. um yeah so that's paper
1: Yeah, so it was icky. It was really icky, and I didn't know, you know, what would come of the photo shoot. But, you know, that's another thing in 2017 Mm -hmm. that I settled into this whole being a model and owning that and using my artwork for activism. Mm -hmm. Um, So I said, you know, let's just shoot and see what happens. And we pitched it, and paper picked it up. Um, And it was really... It was really rewarding to just really trust myself and not work with somebody who's an asshole. Because I'm not going to do that. I'm not... You know, one of my really good friends put me up on game this year who I love and appreciate told me, you know, influencers have it much different than professional models. Mm -hmm. Professional models—they want to be professional models. They want to work with these designers, regardless of how asshole they are. Mm -hmm. The designer's name is a notch on their belt in the modeling industry. Right. But for me, that is no—I don't care. I don't need to work with particular designers, and I'm absolutely not going to work with them if they're rude to me. It's just not worth it. It's not worth my life. It's not. You know. So I think that was something that I learned, and I was—you know—I feel like 2017. I'm—I'm just talking and talking now at this point but i feel like 2017 was a year for me and i heard erica to kind of figure out where it sits like what is the branding what the hell is this like it just kind of fell on my lap right so it was cool to kind of figure out what it was yeah um in a lot of ways and it's not completely figured out but it was nice to have this experience that was like i don't need to do
0: a photo shoot it was nice to say no yes to say no, and what you really you downplayed it, what you really did was you said no, and then you said, We're not, not only are we gonna say no, we're gonna take the stylist, the makeup artist, the photographer, and we're all gonna go and we're gonna do something else yeah. with another magazine. See ya. We're still gonna have the shoot and we're gonna pitch it to somebody else. And not only did you say, I'm out, but I'm taking the crew. Yeah. I'm out and we're fucking with this. Yep. Um, It's just not easy. It's not easy Yes, I'm your manager, but I have to be honest about um, how much you are asked to bend and break
1: Yeah.
0: as a black femme and a black body, as a black person.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I don't want to manage that. I want to say no to bending and breaking. Period. Down, I'm
1: down for bend, no bending and breaking in 2018. Period. No bending and breaking.
0: So as y'all listen to this, I want y'all... So for example... So I know some people are still, you know, in the holiday spirit. New Year's is coming up. You know, a lot of that comes with, for example, we're flying to Oakland tomorrow to be with my family. Um, I think a lot of times when people think about, um, and this is a huge, like, veering of a segue, but what I'm thinking about is my own bended and breaking that I'm having to do Mm. as a person, as a black person in a trans masculine Mm. body. Mm. Um the time that we have with our families just for queer and trans people i think a lot of people think that like the us going to meet with our families people make assumptions about what that's going to be like and i think it's very important to realize that everybody's experiences being queer and trans are different with their families and it's also like it's not just that you queer and trans, sometimes you go as a queer and trans person, your existing dynamics with your family are already fraught and has nothing to do with your queer and your trans right. right. People just be hella problematic. It's other things. It's other family relationships. Some people don't even have family to go to. Mm -hmm. And so I think as we come into this new year and we think about healing, we don't think about it in terms of like, Okay, now, hey, I'm going to, you know, here's some tips for you to, you know, be around your family and be great around them and take all the times that they misgender you and, you know, just ignore them or, you know, to deal with them more positively. I don't have that for you because I don't know how to do that. Mm. What I do is if I misgendered, I play it off and I act like it's okay
1: sometimes not sometimes
0: all not all the time but generally that's my first i'm conditioned to do that mm-hmm. to be agreeable around it mm-hmm. um and then it adds up and it boils up and then i'm just like a ball i'm in here listening to Jada kiss right you know we gonna make it and i'm just and and diplomats and beanie siegel on freeway and i'm just state property 2007 you know i'm in that mode like finish you know go off like just had my little tea shot today so I'm already I'm charged Macho, up Macho I'm charged man. up I'm finna you know throw daddy warbucks is caddy mort you know what I mean I'm camera on with it like you know I'm real volatile you know and I have to let that aggression out state property beanie suit, even though what we do is wrong <laughs> you know you I can have you feel hear like he's that. getting carried away he's so happy Um, <laughs> but that's how I have to come back and heal yeah from being misgendered and from people looking at my transness as something that they have to like maneuver around for their holiday Mm -hmm. like not that it impinges on their holiday but it's certainly a new consideration that they have to have yeah oh family coming up for dinner gotta get the table ready gotta remember not to misgender ebony
1: yeah yeah
0: like I'm an exercise in your gentility and decency around the holidays and um, I don't wanna be that. I don't wanna be that and I don't feel Ooh. like no trans person gotta be that.
1: Yes and you are cooking, it's 11 o'clock
0: at night. You don't you have got to be that. You say. Good you don't grief. have to be that for these people. That's a word. Um, and I will talk more in the new year around masculinity. I get some mm. questions around that, around my transness, around masculinity, all the different takeaways that I'm having. Um, around that and it's really interesting. We'll talk more about that in forthcoming podcasts in a new year. I will um I burp I will leave you with a story. A it's story. called my Sismus Miracle. Sismas Miracle. It's called My Sismas Flatbush Miracle. Oh shoot. So I was going to the laundry and if you familiar with Flatbush, you know that there's these things, these carts, these grocery carts. That's New York. What oh you mean, everybody Flatbush. in New York? Yes. Okay. I thought it was just us in the bay um we use these um carts they're hella cheap they metal they come in like blue red black they probably don't (laughs) come in no other colors than that
1: we should probably market that
0: um yeah so a lot less (laughs) if you would like to sponsor us anybody (laughs) the 99 cent store the (laughs) we're talking lime
1: green carts are
0: you ready okay carts to match your fall and spring outfits iridescent carts rainbow color carts you know what i mean for pride for pride like you know card we can do a partnership with bose have a wireless cart with a wireless bluetooth speaker on it i mean carts go a lot of places with people so basically i have a dusty crusty ass cart because i wasn't paying forty dollars the motherfucking things that these crusty dusty 99 stores around the way on notion cost forty dollars for the big one i bought the very small one i do my laundry in it i've been running it down to the ground I come. I you, you all wish you my bought the $40 one I got all my laundry one day. It was a dark night recently. <laughs> I got all my laundry, heavy-ass bags of shit, but I know how to stuff it in there real, real good. I stuffed the laundry bags in there, bags in there in the basket. I'm rolling my shit. You know, I'm like, I'm good to go. I already found out a way, like, I can, you know, I've really found out a way that I can make this work. The shit breaks soon as I come out the Mm-mm. soon as I come out of the um, the laundromat it breaks the wheel falls off out of nowhere my Jamaican cis angel he appears he has a paper bag encrusted beer in his hand and he's looking at me and he's like oh the whole thing fell off and I'm getting irritated because I'm like yeah, okay you know tell me something I don't know. Oh, the whole thing come off. I'm like, okay, it's all, yeah, yeah. Ah, and he seemed frustrated. All of a sudden, he grabs the the little piece that fell off. Find, it clean broke off. The, like, little plastic metal part in the wheel broke off. Somehow, within two seconds, he puts it back together. Oh, my Lord. And he was like, go on now, go on. Go he was like, just fix, just wherever you got to go, take that shit wherever. He's literally like almost verbatim. Take that shit and roll it to wherever you got to go. <laughs> and disappeared before I could say thank you. <laughs> he came over there. He didn't misgender me not once during that interaction. Mm. He didn't ask for shit. He didn't ask for my name. He didn't ask for my number. He didn't even want to talk. He just literally was relishing in the fact that that will came smooth on. No. And fix it before I could even say thank you. That was a Cismus miracle. Cismus miracle. That was Jamaican baby Jesus <laughs> <laughs> coming to me <laughs> and doing for me what I could not do for myself in that moment. <sighs> and I literally had no way to get home with that. I was actually about to call it. I was literally about to call Uber Pool to take me a couple of yards, and this nigga came and did that for me. Um, so it's just those little moments where little. it's like. There's a little bit of silver lining. I'm like, black people, we can really do this. Yeah, We can do this. My, I, I We talk about New Year's re- resolutions. I've collected black New Year's resolutions. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're the African diaspora, whether you're in continental Africa, whether you're in the Caribbean, whether you're in Flatbush, whether you're in Bedside, whether you're in East Oakland, wherever you may, Maryland, DMV, wherever you, in New Orleans, wherever niggas may be, wherever you may be, I want, to, I want you to kind of ideate around what is a collective Black New Year's resolution? Mm. What are we as a people standing and creating for our community toward a more healthy and liberatory existence mm. for ourselves? Mm. Where we divest from gender construction, white supremacist gender construction. Where we divest from patriarchy, white supremacist patriarchy. Where we really create for ourselves what gender means and is in our community what we create for ourselves in the blackness that is. I I mean, what are we going to create inside of our blackness for mm. all of us, for our entire community? It's so lofty. But that's what I think about when I think about New Year's resolutions. I know the science behind New Year's resolutions, so don't come up telling me nothing about that. I know the science, but how, how short-lived they are. Um, <laughs> but that's what
1: but it can be like a it could be a promise it could live as a promise yes you know it doesn't have to be resolution yes by nature resolution is short-lived but promise is forever okay
0: thanks babe
1: you're welcome babe
0: what's your new year's resolution do you have one what's your take on that before we end the night
1: new my new year's resolution hmm, what's at the top of my head is rest and be vulnerable i think there have been maybe four times, maybe four to five times that I've cried this year, like belly cried, mm-hmm. um, and only a handful of times that I really leaned on my friends and even you for support
0: mm-hmm.
1: as I kind of work things out in my head. Very Sagittarius, very, very, very heady.
0: Yeah,
1: and you know, fuck using a horoscope. Like Erica Hart is very heady. Yes, um, and is very independent and likes to you know not inconvenience other people with her own stuff but will hold all the things of the world yeah um so i would like to my new year's promise right is to be vulnerable and to rest i really Mm -hmm. need to take on resting and not and in my rest rest not beating myself up while i rest even though i'm laying down if i'm upset at myself for laying down is it really rest okay so that's my resolution. And also I want to, I want to get more into my practice this year. I, you know, yoga. really mm-hmm, my practicing yoga, and really pat myself on the back for how much I practiced, uh, in the days I didn't want to. Yeah. And for listening to my body when I didn't go and not going. So I just want to continue building on my practice and taking care of myself in
0: those ways all day. Yeah. And if I can add to that, I have a personal new year's resolution or a personal we're going to call them personal promises for the new year, things that we're promising ourselves. I promise to pray more. Mm. Um, I am. I do identify as Christian. That is my spiritual tradition among many. I'm um, Like I am very called toward Islam. Yes. I'm called toward Buddhism um, and I'm called toward Christianity. And none of those things is just separately from me um so i really want to start supplicating the heavens whoever may be up there and supplicating the ancestors and really calling Mm -hmm. on um the help in ways that i used to even as a very young child and i really want to get back to that sort of childlike you know relationship to Mm -hmm. the divine um and pray more jesus rose we were supposed to talk about Jesus rising because it was like Christmas and uh, like, we missed the it. lack of literalistic interpretation of the Bible. Cause we're going like, to
1: have you on here preaching one people,
0: day. People, you know, believe that Jesus really rose about the grave. That's up for debate, but you don't really have to believe that to believe in Christ. But a lot of evangelicals the Catholic church, particularly white evangelicals, um, they go, what are have your propagated resolutions? that idea around you know believing that Jesus came out the grave and the rapture and all that but we're not going to talk about <laughs> that this episode that'll be a good episode we're going to have, have a religious tra- um oh, that's it i just that's want black more. people to be free and that's a promise that i'm making i can't resolve black to make us free to i have to, be free, to be free, get it going to be free. Want the people to be free, to be free, to be free. My mommy says shine a light on the world. Okay, that's all we singing because we might and, have people like that. Last
1: short. last one. Pick one moment of 2017. What was your favorite?
0: My favorite moment was the lady on the news talking about the white lady on Twitter calling her a nigger, but spelled it Niger. Um <laughs> That was hella tight. In Atlanta. In Atlanta, the newscaster. I uh, believe her name? Sharon. her name was Sharon Jones uh, Sharon Jones. Jones or Sharon nope it's Sharon Jones um I, it had Atlanta, to be yeah. yeah no uh we suck Sharon Jones Sharon uh hold on Sharon Atlanta I'm really um, asking you what is your favorite not Very the blackest what is that one called? What it they call? Very just, smart brother. But just put Atlanta. Mm-mm. Cause it's not Atlanta.
1: Her thing is in Atlanta. Yeah. Yes.
0: Sharon Reed. Sharon, Sharon Reed.
1: But babe, that your was a favorite read. moment. Oh my You're favorite. Like,
0: your moment in your life. Not oh black my favorite moment. Yes. Okay. One. one. Oh, well, I told my mother I loved her for the first time oh, ever yeah. in my life. Yeah. That was big. Yeah. It didn't occur to me as big right now, but when I did it, it felt meaningful. Yeah. And maybe it's it's shifted some things microscopically in our relationship. I don't know what it's done. I mm-hmm. like to do things and have it like reverberate and have some type of impact. Otherwise, it doesn't mean anything to me. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: who knows? It, maybe I'll see the impacts of it when I go home tomorrow. Maybe I'll see the impacts of it a couple years from now. Yeah. But I did it. Yeah i did it what's yours in a long illustrious career yeah this year that was just my favorite person i my a lot for i Heart erica but i'll let you take it away
1: um First thing that comes to mind is definitely speaking at the Women's March. Yes. And I didn't speak at the Women's March like, I love all of you Mm-mm. and your pink pussy hats. It's Mm-mm. so great that you're wearing those. And I'm Mm-mm. so glad we're here together. Mm-hmm. And woman, hear me roar. No, I came for them. I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. I infiltrated the yes. Women's March. Yes, you did. Had I, no I idea. did it topless. Yes. I uh, infiltrated the Women's March topless in front of 50,000 people. Yes, And my favorite part of that day is praying with you beforehand. Hmm. That's my favorite part
0: they don't like come for us because we're like Jesus we're like is like
1: you're like a christian but i don't like identify as a christian even though you say that i like am a christian and i think it's important that we do have a podcast about that but what we should do is we should talk about the podcast in the new year that you're super excited about
0: oh my god like we are totally gonna have like a super special guest <gasps> Um, Are you going to the, tell them who? I'm gonna not going to tell you guys who. So we're going to have a... I'm not going to tell y'all who. Okay. We're going to have a super special guest. I'm not going to tell y'all who. I'm not going to tell you who. When is it dropping? When's the episode dropping? We're getting January, organized in January 2018. 5th.
1: That's exactly what's happening.
0: So January 5th is our first podcast of the new year. The day before Three Kings. The day before Los Reyes... Los Los Reyes. Reyes. Los Tres Reyes. Los Tres (laughs) Reyes. The day before Los Tres Reyes. Mercadito. Uh, Mercadita. Um, Pemuelas. East Pemuelas Santa. (laughs) That's Diego East Pemuelas Santa. Um, It's a super special guest um, who is going to help you get your life for the beginning of the new year um in
1: more ways than one get it organized and straightened out y'all are gonna be super excited you're
0: gonna gag that's all i really have to say about it you're gonna gag so please stay tuned you have to follow erica's social media very closely i think in
1: 2018 hood rat to head rat might get its
0: own instagram account as well i think it's time y'all let us know if you care about that if you want that if you want to see more send us some information i know you guys been y'all been emailing us i'm gonna email you back I'm going to email you back. We're going to email. We got to email them back. What do you mean they've been emailing us? Some people have emailed Ebony them. Donnelly. I know who you are. We
1: must email them back. Also, this was a big deal in 2017. We created this podcast. We
0: created the podcast out of Erica's butthole. <laughs> Erica was just like, we should do a podcast. And I'm like, I don't feel like it. <laughs> I don't want to. We're going to, and how does that work out in our relationship when I say I don't want to do something? It doesn't. It okay. doesn't go far. So here he we are.
1: seeds which is why we work.
0: Here we are. Maybe
1: we'll do a part two why we love. What was the name? Why we
0: concede and why we do it our why we say con- Why we That's submit. That's right. Why we of, submit. Even though I'm a top. <laughs> But
1: in 2018, we're taking this bad boy on the road.
0: We're taking this bad boy on the road. You could Expect- come see
1: us live in one yeah. of your cities. Can you imagine, imagine that? We're just going to have that. y'all talk
0: the whole time. Right.
1: We're not going to talk.
0: No. Nah, we're going to record can y'all. Can you imagine answers.
1: Ebony not talking? <laughs> not going to happen.
0: Drag. Good night. Okay. So thank you so much for joining thank us y'all. on a very sleepy midnight hour. Sleepy
1: midnight hour. I thank y'all people- for the love, too. You've been watching the the demographics and the comments and the, so from all the over the world y'all are really showing us soup like seriously S- like so much love we so we never in our wildest dreams imagine that this many people would listen we really thought it would be our like 15 some odd friends and it's been
0: like so so kind so thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you and if you really love us continue to subscribe yeah continue to like Continue to share. Listen to this thing. Listen. If you ain't Gems. doing shit on no New Year's Eve, I don't even think people do stuff on New Year's Eve. Spend your time
1: listening ideating to us.
0: around this. Listening to this disjunctive podcast episode where we <laughs> just really came off the top of the dome, off the top ropes, man. Listen to this. We really would appreciate it if you did it. Yes. Thank you. We would. And I appreciate all of you who have been listening for months now, since September, since we first began shout uh, out if you've been so listening
1: much. if you're a real like hood rat to head rap head, follower
0: like come on come man.
1: on now you're a hood rat to head rap head if you are ahead at us man september heads, all the way
0: back
1: man. all the way if back if you ahead,
0: like shout out we're gonna email you back we love you we love you happy all new Sign year on. erica i'm gonna put erica to sleep
1: happy new year put me to sleep babe, please all right good night good night
0: love you happy new year happy feliz new year años. feliz
1: año feliz, feliz año noel, noel.
0: Philly, I ain't on the way. Mm-hmm. No Yes, I've been in Puerto Rico. Babe. To, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: You know, sometimes the Lord puts things in your spirit, and you just say, "You know what? I'm gonna record the podcast if the Lord puts it in my spirit." Right. Have you had a similar experience with the Lord putting something in your spirit? Yes. So we'll talk about it, sister.
1: Um, you know, I had it in my spirit to make spaghetti with just noodles and then pour the sauce all over it. Right. Like that was in my spirit to do that. I haven't done that in so long. Right. And I felt like that would be nutritious. That the
0: Lord put seasoning in it. No,
1: he didn't. He didn't put any seasoning in it. You know, he didn't really have those things available to him when he was here. So he just said, you know, make it easy, Erica. Make it easy. Make it simple right the Lord did. Yeah. What they? would the lepers do?
0: You know what I mean? They had